Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. But the reality is He wants to make His home in this kids, and He wants to make His home in each one of us. He wants that from the beginning. In Acts 2.33, I love this because this is Peter's testimony. This is, um, he's talking about Jesus. Again, this is Peter filled with the Spirit. He's like, man, praise be to God. He's been exalted. Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of, the, of God the Father. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And he's pouring out what you're seeing and experiencing, what you're hearing. Again, this is a time of wildness. Could you imagine just... They're like, are you all drunk? What's going on? It's, this is crazy. There's, a, there's such a change. There's such a shift. And again, it's calling them because they're curious. They don't know what it is, so they accuse it for what it's not. Drunkenness. But they're, they're, there's something crying out. There's something that's longing to be filled that's crying out. I want it. What do you guys have? He's like, God made his home in us. Isn't that cool? He's made his home in us. Right now, I'm like... And that's why it's like, wait, it finally happened. We've been longing for this. We've had, you know, festivals talking about this. This has been worship that's been crying out for this. Spirit not filled worship. Longing for what God's longing for. Longing to pour his spirit. He's like, no, you're experiencing it now. You're seeing it now. It's happened. And praise God, he wants that for each one of us. He's been exalted to the highest of heights. He, he who came the lowest has been exalted. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's sending us. He has sent us his Holy Spirit. So I've got two questions, and I think everyone's got notes, looks like. What is the impact of the indwelling Holy Spirit in the lives of every believer? What is the impact? Can you just imagine this? Again, we keep thinking about, and I know we do this, I have a tendency of looking to my favorite people, my big people, my special pastor friends, or like they're just so anointed with the Holy Spirit. It's like, but, but I kind of forget there's an impact for me, not just some other people. It's for you and I, right? It's, there's so much impact that comes from this. By the Holy Spirit, we, are, we believe and we are sanctified, 1 Peter 1, 2 says, who have, You who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. You've been, God thought about you. So when you're here, I just want you to think for a second. God thought about you. And he wanted you and he desired you. He desired you. He knew that you were going to be right here. Right here, right now. And through the sanctifying of the work of the Holy Spirit, he's, he, he was refining you. Some of us have talked about how much we've changed. You know, I love Keith. We have good conversations where he's like, you don't know where I used to be. This is what I used to be like. That's the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's beautiful. But we've been, it's, it's those who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with his blood. This is the beautiful thing. We are sanctified by the Spirit. We are justified in the name of Jesus by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6.11 And that is what some of you were. He's talking about what you used to be. And some of you guys were wretched. Some of you guys were adulterers. Some of you were real nasty. You guys used to be pretty rough. He's like, but that's what you were. 
that big word, you used to be this. That was what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You've been justified. You have received all that you did not deserve, but you've been justified. Praise God. We are saved by and through the Holy Spirit. If we believe in our hearts, right, in Romans 10, 10, it says, if you believe in your heart that you are... It is with your heart that you believe and are justified, right? It's, it's, I believe not that God exists, not that God is king on the throne, not that Jesus existed. That doesn't matter. The demons believe in that. They believe in the work of, that Jesus has done, right? They believe that he's died and rose again. He, they believe in that. They understand that. What they don't do is believe that they're justified. I've been saved. By faith, if I'm confessing my faith and, my, and I'm yielding to Jesus, that's the big thing, that yielding and trusting, like, no, I believe in my heart and I'm, that I'm justified. And it is through your mouth and you prof- that you profess your faith and are saved. We have to profess with our mouth. It's if, if you believe in your hearts and confess with your mouths, you, we are saved. We believe, and so then, we believe, and therefore the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. It's through the Spirit that we are brought back to life. Again, this is the work, thinking about the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the impact that happens. Now that you've been saved, we are brought to life. John 6, 63, the Spirit gives life. Jesus is talking about that. We are brought back to life. He brings us back to life. In Ephesians 2, uh, verse 4 and 5, that because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when you were dead in your transgressions, even when you were wretched, you thought there was no hope. He's like, no, I made you alive. I made you alive with Christ. And it's by grace you have been saved. We've been made alive. And we've been given life through the Spirit. Romans 8, 2, uh, and then verse 2 and verse 10 through 11, it says, Therefore, since there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. You have no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You, are have, you had to obey the law of of sin, of death, of the, the law, which is, you know, again, the Ten Commandments. He's talking about the law. We had that. The result is we could not obey it. We couldn't fulfill it. We could not fulfill the law. You can't be perfect. And he's like, that's the whole point. Sin leads to death. But here's the reality. Praise God. The Spirit gives life and He sets you free. You've been freed by the Spirit. You are free from sin and, 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 and destruction and death. He's going to bring life. He is making you alive again. And this has been a really good verse. We've been, me and, I, again, I still remember Kathy and I talk about this like months and months ago. But if Christ is in you, this is important. If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of the sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Your body is, again, we're, we're, we're experiencing the result of death. Our body is falling apart. It's decaying That's as a result of death. But here's the reality. The Spirit is giving life because we've been clothed in righteousness. And further on in the next verse, it says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit lives in you. You're going to be raised again. He's going to bring life back again. You're going to get your, you're going to get your eternal bodies. You're going to get your resurrected bodies living forever. But the reality is, he lives in you. He's going to raise you up. And this is the impact. Again, this is what the Spirit is doing. He is giving life and He's bringing life to you even though your body's falling apart and you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm experiencing life right now. I feel like I'm kind of aging and I'm not, I'm not doing as well as I want to do. But he's like, no, but don't worry. I'm get producing life in you and I'm going to raise you back to life and give you into your resurrected body. So, Holy Spirit, again, this is the impact. This is what he's doing. Now that we have him, this is what he's at work doing. He is, res- he is resurrecting us. Our, our spirit has been, who's been, we were dead in our trans- transgressions. We were made alive. We are being refined. We're being sanctified. We're given power. He is going to raise us from the dead. This is the impact of what he's done. And the Holy Spirit, who has been poured into us, he's making his home in us. We have home, his home in us. Not, okay, you need to put your hand on your belly for a minute. His home is in you. It's like this, I want you to say that. His home is in me. In you. Not just me, because like, don't look around at someone else and say, his home is in you. It's like, no, his home is in me. When we, again, we have to confess with our mouths. And from that point on, he is in us. That doesn't mean we've been, again, we're, we've been, we're going to be talking about baptism and the Holy Spirit later, but like, that's the reality. He is residing and He wants to make His home in us. He is wanting to do it and He is at work. So when He is and He dwells in you and I and His Holy Spirit lives in you, He's beginning to invade every space and place of our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. Again, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's like, again, He's not, He's not forcing you. He is actively at work. It's like the root system. You don't see it. What's going on? We've been doing homeschool studies. We've been doing like, um, like what goes on under the ground. If you thought about all the creatures and all the nasty little worms and all the little things that are going underground, keeping the earth alive and moving and doing things, you'd be like, it would just be really creepy. You'd just be like, I don't want to step on the grass probably ever again. Like if you don't like bugs... This was a great study. Don't do it. Um, but it was so fun because you don't realize that the God is at work underneath the surface. There's so much going on. And just the same, Holy Spirit is at work in us. He's invading and he's doing things. He's transforming our mind. He's transforming our will and our emotions. But here's the... the, the and he's cultivating fruit in us, but there, there's a requirement. Being willing. Cooperation. Right? Because we talked about that acronym, TRUST. Um, I'm going to read it out. Right, T is for thanking him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in me. Thank you that you delight in me. Thank you that you live in me, that you're at work, that you didn't leave me. I'm not alone. You're my friend. You're my comforter. R, reign in me. Talking about like, man, that is something we don't like to ask. We might be hesitant. We might be a little nervous because we always find that little area. He's like, ah, but that one, that's the area. I'm a little nervous about this portion of my life. My dad experienced, I've shared that several times, but I find my own self, there's moments in my life, I'm like, Lord, I have a hard time trusting you in this. This is going to be hard. I don't know. Should I ask you to reign in me in this area? But the reality is, if I want what he wants, then I want him to reign in me. I have to have him reign in me. He has to reign in all of my mind, my, all my will, all my emotions, my finances, my family. So you, use me. 
Use me, oh God. That's something also we get nervous about. Like, like, use them. Use Micah. Use somebody else. Don't use me. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Like, I, like, we get so nervous about being used because like, I don't know what you'll do, God. I don't know where you'll lead me. But if reality is we trust him, we're thanking him, or he's, we're asking him to reign in me, ask him to use you. To be used by him. And S, strengthen me. Because again, we can't do this on our own. Where we are weak, he is strong. Strengthen me. And you're my inner man. I'm weak in my love. I'm weak in my patience. I'm weak in the fruit of the Spirit. Strengthen me. Produce fruit in me. Teach me. Teach me, O Holy Spirit. Because you are the one that goes and searches the deep things of God. Not just the little things. Not the surface level things. He is inviting us into such intimacy that he's like, come, search the deep things of me. The things that are deep, that, that are like so vastly a part of my heart. The, the things that really mean a lot to me. I want you, he does that. And when we invite him, he's like, yeah, I'll go and I'll teach you. He is going to teach us. And he produces the fruit of the Spirit. If we are allowing it, like in like what Penny was saying, like having hearts that are open, it's like soil that's receptive. And then from there, the fruit of the Spirit that comes. It's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the way of the Spirit. This is, again, this isn't just the way of the Spirit. This is the way of God. This is the very nature and character of God. Because God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He is good. He is faithful. He is gentle. And He is full of self-control. That is the way of Jesus. And He is producing and bringing out the very character of God in you. That's the impact of the Holy Spirit. And because you've been redeemed, you've been set free from the way things used to live, we have the Holy Spirit that's going to bring life. And now that he's bringing life, we become slaves to righteousness. We're going to talk about, it's, and again, like, we hear that word slaves. It's like, huh? The reality is we are slaves always to something. Does that make sense? Do you believe that? We're slaves, we have to do, you're slaves to your work. We're, I'm, a, I mean, I'm a slave to my family. Again, I love them. I, I choose to love them. There's, there's a difference between what we look at in the, you know, like the you know, early U.S. history and all that. It's not that same thing. There's a different culture. That, what he's talking about in the context of slaves. There's like that bond servant. I'm a bond servant for Christ. That means I've been a slave. But as a bond servant, they pierce their ear. They're saying that it's, it's really wild. They pierce their ear and they say, I'm with you for life. Because there is a moment like, you can go. Or you can choose to be with me for the rest of your life. And as a bondservant of Christ, I choose to work with you, to work under you. But again, he calls us as friends. We're not just slaves, we're friends, right? So there's not just the slaves, but the reality is, and I love this passage, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one you obey? I love it. He's kind of like a little bit of smart alecky, a little kind of like way he brought this up. He's like, you know that you're a slave to the one you obey, right? <laughs> you are. You are a slave to the one you obey. You are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, right? That, that cooperation, the obedience factor. But thanks be to God. This is the praise. He's like, oh, thank you, God. 
that though you used to be slaves to sin, he's like declaring, he's like, you used to be slaves of sin. Though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. There's a pattern. Again, we used to walk in the pattern of this age. He's like, no, now your heart has been changed. There is the heart, the pattern of teaching that now has claimed your allegiance. It's all that you want to do. Again, this is, again, it's not easy. It doesn't mean we're there perfectly, but like, do you feel that in your heart? Sometimes you're like, I want to obey God. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. But it's something in you. It's something that you can't explain, but it's just that ache, that yearning. It's like, oh, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't know how to do it, but God equipped me to do it. It creates in us something, a longing to walk in the opposite spirit, which is the spirit to live in sin as a slave to sin and death. He's like, no, I want you to be a slave to righteousness. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Right standing with God. I want to live like you. I don't want to walk away from you. I want to, I'm a bondservant to Christ. I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to walk away from this. I don't want to walk in this, the opposite spirit. I don't want to walk as a slave to sin. And again, it continues on in verse 22 to 23. But now that you have become set free, you've been set free from sin, you've become slaves to God. And the benefit you re- re- that you reap leads to holiness. You're being made holy as he is holy. And the result of that is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, thank you, Lord. And question number two. So we're talked about question number one, right? What's the impact that the Holy Spirit is doing in us, in the lives of every believer? This is what he's doing. That's the impact. The question I'm going to ask is, what takes place when the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in us is very important to the life of the believer? Right? It's very important. It becomes very important to every one of us. He's like, I want to do this, but I want it to be important to you. What happens when this becomes the one thing? Like, Lord, you coming and living in me is the most important. Like, that is phenomenal. That is amazing. What happens when we understand each one of us, what's available to you now? Right? You have the availability of the Holy Spirit who sanctifies you, who's purifying you, making you holy. What if we can understand what is available through His Spirit? That He goes and searches all things. Now, I, I, I'll give you my credit card, but it wouldn't be worth much. Um, <laughs> it might be worth something. Who knows? You don't know. Actually, you don't know how much my... If I gave you, Keith, if I gave you my credit card right now, I said, here, Keith, it's yours. You have access. You don't know the worth. I'm not telling you the worth. Oh, uh, the word tells you the worth, but I'm going to give this to you. But the reality is, what if you never realized I had access to a million dollars would you live a little differently if you do that? Yeah. <laughs> just, just a smidge. You'd be like, I'd be more generous. Like, what, what, like, what would be the things that you'd live? How would you live? That like, would be different if you knew you had access to all. Like, you couldn't bankrupt me, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But would your desires and your, like, would you, where would your excuses go? 
Well, it's like, it's not, again, I just want to make sure we're not talking about prosperity gospel because we're not preaching that right now. We're not preaching that at all. Um, I want to make sure, but like, how, how dumb would you feel? Or foolish again, like, I, again, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, we try to tell our kids not to say you're dumb and like, you know, like things like that. But how dumb would you feel if you got to the last day of your life and I showed up and I said, hey, Keith, what'd you do with that? And you're like, I didn't know it was, I don't, didn't know how much you had. And he's like, I actually, I had a billion dollars in there. I just was hoping you'd kind of be generous and you could do whatever you want with it and you could support whoever you want with it. You could do whatever you want. You could, you could have access. You'd feel so foolish. You feel so dumb. Like, wow, God, why didn't I? And then sing vain again. Like, we have access. This is what God keeps convicting my heart. We have access through His Holy Spirit to the full riches of God. All the deep things of God. We have access. Yet, how poor in spirit we would like to choose to live. Not poor in spirit where we want to be filled, but poor in spirit where we're just ignorant. We don't even know we're poor. We don't even know it. But the reality is, and this is, the, this is tragic, that many of us believers, we live our lives below the poverty line. We live our lives below the poverty line. We like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, again, you hear it. I want you to ask yourself, okay, was that po- is that poor in understanding of what God can do through me? Like language, have you ever, you know, we do that. We say things, I don't know, God, if you want to do this. It's like, well, does that really sound like you have authority? Or does it sound like you're kind of like, I don't know, God, you don't know. I don't trust you. It's like, we have that language that comes out. Or the promises of God. Do you know that these promises are true? I don't know, are they? We have those questions in our mind. And we start questioning God. But the reality is like, oh, but God doesn't really share. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know. It's like, his word is is truth. And his spirit goes and searches deep things. So there's access to the thoughts of God. There's access to the direction, the desires of his heart. We have access. But if we don't know, again, like, this is why I, you know, if you ever talk to me for more than at all, uh, you know that the word is important. I talk about the word always. I'm like, don't do the Holy Spirit by itself thing. Because the Holy Spirit thing without the word is not Holy Spirit. The Spirit leads us to the word. The word leads us to Holy Spirit. Because we need the Holy Spirit to understand the word. And we need the word to understand the heart of the Holy that God desires to do. He is sharing it. It's in harmony. He doesn't do things outside of his nature. He does things with the way. Again, like he seems hateful. It's like, okay, is that God? That's not God. He is kind. He is patient. Now he does things we might not understand. But if we take that back to Holy Spirit and the Word, we see what he's doing. Again, we don't want to be biblically ignorant. And that's where it comes from. There's an age that we're living in where we're becoming more and more biblically ignorant. Yeah. He says, what do you mean? Uh, I bought my ticket 
uh, down here eating these scraps of food. But he said, did you realize when you bought a ticket that there are benefits that came with that ticket? You could have already come up here and ate on the buffet all this time. And you moved out here, spreading mm. on those Wow. Whew. Man. And it wrecks you. You're like, Lord, am I living off the scraps? Again, living off. And that could be teachings from other people. It is, it is scraps sometimes. It's scraps sometimes. I'm not picking on people's teaching, but we're living off scraps when we can live on the richness of the Word and the Holy Spirit living in you. He's living in you. You have access. Again, sharpen, challenged by teachers. Do it. I'm fine with that. But if it doesn't provoke you to read the word and find out the riches for yourself, man, get revelation for yourself. He, we're, we're living, again, like if you ever look at the church, it's becoming more and more prominent that we're becoming more and more biblically ignorant because what we do is we, we get all, either get hyped up on something or we be completely ignorant of something. It's like we, we think about, again, programs and this and then charismatic people and then we lose sight. We lose so much sight, like, we don't have people say, look to the word, challenge me, tell me I'm wrong, because I might be. I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. I want to be sharpened and challenged and ironed out. I want to be looking sharp, because again, I might be wrong sometimes. And if you're going to the word and testing it and saying, Lord, what are you saying here? Lord, how can I live this out? Is this of you? Is this your spirit? Again, walk in that. But the reality is we're taught, again, there's, there's pastors that, and there's leaders that will say, don't challenge me because Holy Spirit told me to say this. And it's like, well, he might, you might be wrong. You might be wrong. Go to that. Again, this is not about just picking on pastors. This is about all of us realizing you have accountability. We have accountability to the word. And we have access. Praise God, we have access to that. More biblically ignorant, we are unaware of the vast wealth and riches and authority that is residing in living in you and I. When we're ignorant of the Holy Spirit, we don't know how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's important. Holy Spirit is doing things. And when we're ignorant of like what he does and how he does things and what he desires to do, we miss out. We miss out on the benefits that were, brought, that were bought through the blood of Jesus. We miss out on these beautiful benefits that Holy Spirit presents. And it's unnecessary. Right? Like, demon, that just story, it's like, it's unnecessary that you're down there eating scraps. It's unnecessary for us to live in ignorance. When we have this idea, when we understand who we're called to be, you have the word. Again, like, my Bible's in my backpack back there. But, like, my word is with me. I have access to that. You all have access to that. And if you don't have one, take one home. Because you need one. We need to read the word. Right? We were, it's unnecessary for us to remain ignorant of what's available and what's possible because, again, we're not redeemed for just sin. We're not redeemed for eternal life. We're redeemed for relationship and for God to bring out. He wants to pour out his spirit on us and he wants us to establish his kingdom here through you and I. He get, we get to do that. He did that for relationship. He wants that. And Ephesians prayer, this is, again, like we've read this prayer, Ephesians 1. There's, so, there's a reason why Paul prays this. He's a reason why he's de- asking this. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys are a little behind. Sorry. I could have put that up there for you. Um, here, do you want me to put that up here? Did I have that up there earlier? Okay, good. I just want to make sure I didn't leave you hanging there. This is Paul's prayer. He's like, I keep asking. This is my heart's desire. This is my heart's cry is that God, our Father, the Lord, Je- of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you would know him better. 
I want him to know, you to know him. Each one of you, I want you to have access to understanding the nature and the relationship of God. And I pray that your eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he's called you. There's a hope to which he's called you. Even now. And I know some of us might say, still? No, yeah, still. Hope that he's called you into. Until you have no more breath, you have that hope before you, and then you're, you're face-to-face with Jesus. He has called you into a hope, and there's a riches, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. And in Colossians 1, 9 through 10, for this reason, again, it's his prayer. He's like, this reason I keep praying. Since the day I heard about you, I haven't stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. All the wisdom and all the understanding that the Spirit gives. So, because as you're filled with all the understanding and all the knowledge of that, you can live a life that's worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. You would bear fruit in every good work. Not some, not sometimes. Every good work you'd bear fruit, growing in the knowledge of God. These are the promises. He's like, I want you to open, I want you to walk in a manner that's worthy of God. I want you to be filled with the Spirit so you can please Him in every way. You could bear fruit and increase in your understanding or experiential knowledge of God. Again, we have a lot of this that doesn't do much for us. If it's not here, it doesn't matter. These thoughts, you know, you get a you know, fight or flight moment. There's, you know, you guys have heard of fight or flight. I, I, there's that fight or flight moment. You either run. Or you fight. And there's people that are trained. Because again, like, you know, you've got the military people. They're trained to not have it in here. Because if their fight or flight triggers off, they need to have something that's trained in here. That they're ready. Again, it's training yourself. It's knowing. It's, again, that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to increase in our understanding of how to walk in this. So when things come, we're not reacting with our fight or flight in the way that it's not helpful we fight with the way that we understand God. We understand that God has called us to walk in this way, to stand in this way. But the reality is we need to increase in our understanding. We want to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And we want to please the Lord. And knowing what the Lord promises us, what God has promised us in His Word, relating to the work of the Holy Spirit allows us to cooperate with the Spirit's work instead of hindering His work. I'm going to read that again because that's something I want to get in my heart totally. Relate, knowing what God's word promises you and I, relating to the work of the Holy Spirit, allows you and I to cooperate with the Spirit's work instead of hindering His work. Does that make sense? Like, when you understand how He works, have you ever like worked, in, I don't know if you've worked in a kitchen, I worked at Pizza Hut for a few months and then I was glad to not work there again. Um... Knowing how that kitchen worked, where everybody was supposed to be, how it was supposed to function, was very important. It was very important. And if you got out of the flow, it disrupted everything. It made everything not functional. And you knew the people. And I was, at one point, I was one of those people that was not functional. It was not very helpful there because I was not sure how to do everything and how and the speed. And, and, you know, so anyway, that was a horror story for another time. But that's the reality. It's like we need. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, understanding how He desires to work in us helps us to say, yeah. Like that trust, 
I want to thank him. I want to give him thanks. I want him to reign in me. I want him to use me because he wants us to be used. You have been given the Holy Spirit to be used. And he's like, I want to strengthen you. So ask me to strengthen you, and I will. I want to teach you, but you need to be teachable. It's the opposite spirit, because we can remain in the opposite spirit of that. Where we, we're ungrateful, we can live that way, right? Even as Christians, we can be ungrateful in our hearts. It's actually hard to be grateful, to thank the Lord, even in the hard times. Because again, some of us love Him in the great times, but then we forget Him totally. We're like, God, where were you in the hard times? Like, no, give me thanks. Thank me. I'm with you. Reign in me. The opposite of that is independence. I can do it by myself. I'm good enough. And, and just, again, pride. Pride gets in the way of allowing God to reign in us. And use us means we have this false sense of humility that we couldn't possibly be using. I don't know, God, maybe you're not calling me. I don't think God's calling me to this. Not my favorites ever since. I just, I want you to encourage you. If you think about what God is calling you into, I don't want to say, God's not calling me into anything. Like That's a good sentence we can use as Christians. And again, I want to challenge and say, God, what are you inviting me into? Use me. I don't have to be a big part. I don't have to be the leader of something. I could be a small cog. I'd be fine with a cog. I'd be the little tiny part that keeps things going. I'm fine with that. But I want to be used by you. I don't want to be wasting away here. I don't want to waste my breath in my life. I have this time. I have this breath. I want to be used by you, God. And, if I, and I'm not going to be able to do it in my own strength. Thank you, God, to strengthen me to do this. I can't do this on my own. And if I don't know how to do it, guess what the best question is? Ask questions, because he'll teach you. That's the biggest thing. I mean, again, that's the beginning of <laughs> ignorance, is the fact that you don't want to be teachable. Like, there's, it's unnecessary. So ask God. That's the, by, for teachers, I'm sure that's the most frustrating thing to do, is to say, if you, I'm here, if you have questions... Ask me and I'll help you. Because I'd love to help you. I can't help you if you won't ask questions. So ask him. Teach me. Oh man, Lord, help us. Again, it's all about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Allowing him to inhabit you, to be at work in you, to know what he's at work doing, his desire, and to be in agreement with him. To be in agreement with what God wants to do. Why? Why is this important? Do you guys know why it's important? Why is it important for you to know what he's doing? Like, or how he works. Why is it important? Like, to have a clear picture. Yeah. What did you say, Fred? Sorry. So you could follow him. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what he's doing and you've got a clear picture of how things, yeah, Jane. Yes. So like, he's like, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm like, well then, that's what you want to do. I want to be willing. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be just like, oh, it's just cakes and rainbows. It's really not going to be like that. But it's so much better. It's so much better. He is going to be working in us. And we're like, oh, thank you, God. I can cooperate with you. It's fun when I get to like... You get to use me. I get to see you working in me. It makes me a little nervous sometimes because you push me further than I thought I'd ever be comfortable with. You put me to say something that I never thought I'd say. Again, like children, we want to be faithful. We want to step out in faith and not worry and ask, you know, have the ands, ifs, or buts. And you're like, I want to do what you say. Be obedient. 
Man, it's fundamental in cooperation to know the picture of what he's doing, having a clear picture of what he's doing and what he desires to do. Because God's desire, his greatest desire is to be in us, to make his home in us. Because the greatest gift he can give to us is himself, his presence. It's his greatest gift. So, oh, thank you, Lord, that you give us your spirit. We thank you for the impact that you desire and you are at work doing. God, how much you've already started, the fruit that's coming and cultivating them, the, the sanctification that's happening. When we are willing, you are sanctifying us. You're making us holy like you are holy. We're looking more and more like you, Jesus. And Father, the only thing we want to do is get out of the way and cooperate with you. Father, help us to be submissive in that way. Submit to your ways, God. To have hearts that are thankful. To see what you're actively at work doing. Lord, we ask again, I'm just walking through that, but Lord, we want you to reign in us. We want you to reign in every avenue of our lives, not holding anything back. And Father, if there's something that is holding us back, if there's one little area where we're struggling with, God, would you just kindly highlight that? And invite us to give that to you. Father, we believe that you want to reign in us. You are good. You're good. You're a good king. You're good at what you do. So we want you to reign, not us. And we want to be used by you, God. We want you to use us for your glory. It may not be on stages. It may not be even seen by people. It may be seen in the quiet place, in the secret place. Maybe it's an intercession. Maybe it's sharing at the dinner table. Whatever it is, God, use us for your glory and strengthen us, God, where we're weak, where we're worried and afraid and we're not, we can't trust you or we just feel like, I don't know, God, are you going to be, are you going to come through on this time? Lord, strengthen us to be rooted and established in your love, the power and authority that your love has, that you are going to do what you said you would do because you are faithful and true. Strengthen us in our inner man. And Lord, teach us where we are weak, where we don't know, where we become ignorant. God, we don't want to become foolish. Gladly, I would love to be ignorant for a minute and then be taught now. I want to be taught now. I want to be willing now to learn from you. So God, help us to have hearts that are teachable, that are humble, willing. Remove any pride, God. Lord, help us to submit to you and trust you and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.